0: You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post.
1: The show's about to start. The lights just came on. Where are we? We're in Singapore National Stadium. The 2024 concert season has started. And Coldplay is just one of the first global acts to make a stop in Singapore.
0: The crowd was really excited. Uh, there were like 60,000 people.
1: A colleague of mine saw one of six sold out shows. We
0: welcome all Singaporeans. We welcome Indonesians, Malaysians. People from Hong Kong China. It's just so important that all these people come from around Asia. What happened after the concert is that all these people with Coldplay merch were walking into the streets, and we were having dinner in Arab Street. And everybody, like on the tables left or right from you, everybody just went to the concert. So you could just see what it does to a city like that.
1: After decades of skipping over the region, huge acts have started touring Southeast Asia. Taylor Swift. Bruno Mars, and Ed Sheeran, just to name a few. Stadiums are selling out to locals and nearby tourists, making it worthwhile for artists to stop there. But some cities offer more benefits than others.
0: Where it is in the region, and overall the stability of the country, you know, these are some major considerations that promoters and organizers may have when they are trying to pick up a place to log in for concerts.
1: So how did Singapore become Southeast Asia's concert hub? And why are cities like Hong Kong and Kuala Lumpur passed up by musicians? For all of this and more, I sat down with Post reporter Kimberly Lim. I'm Brian Wood, here to talk about Asia. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for joining me all the way from Singapore. Let's start with how Southeast Asia has grown in the concert industry.
0: Well, I think decades ago, um, a lot of these Western stars would kind of focus on just uh, maybe the US or Europe for their world tours. But a lot of the industry observers and experts that I spoke to for this piece, they kind of talked about, you know, how the spending power of Southeast Asian consumers have, has changed over the last few years. And so, you know, it's something that performers and celebrities are kind of opening their eyes to as well. And realizing that it's a market that they can't really afford to neglect anymore. And we're also seeing, you know, since the end of the pandemic, there's been a lot more pent-up demand for, like, experiences. So this could be, like, traveling, activities, concerts. So a lot more younger people are more open to spending their money on a concert and sort of as a way to make up for lost time in the last three years of, you know, pandemic-related restrictions.
1: So you're saying young people are seeking experiences. Where are some of the destinations these people are going to?
0: Yeah, so just looking at the number of concerts happening this year and even just last year as well, we're seeing a lot more countries in the region emerging as like the preferred choice. We are seeing a lot of stars heading over to Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines, and of course, Singapore as well.
1: Is there one place in particular that's become a hub for concert tourism?
0: I think we've seen Singapore being crowned as sort of like the clear winner in the region. And there's a number of reasons for this. Its infrastructure, where it is in the region, and overall the stability of the country. So, I mean, experts have been telling me, you know, these are some major considerations that promoters and organisers may have when they are trying to pick out a place to log in for concerts.
1: So, you mentioned the stability of Singapore. How does that play a factor in concertgoers' decisions to visit?
0: I guess for starters, if you are thinking about travelling over to a place for a concert, Because Singapore has fairly low crime rates, you don't really have to worry too much about your own safety or research that much about getting around. And from the perspective of tour promoters who are looking for a place to hold their next concert, you know, they don't really have to worry too much about protests happening or like political or social turmoil in Singapore because... You know, we've we've just never really had that so much. So it's not really a concern as well.
1: Has the government done anything specific to ensure Singapore's place as Asia's hub of concert tourism?
0: I think from the get-go, the Singapore government already has this image of being efficient. So Singapore has made international headlines for its management of the pandemic. It's also been the organizer for major events like the F1.
1: And the Singapore Grand Prix is go. Good launch off the line by the P3 man. Charles Leclerc is trying to take
0: And I think this gives organisers, promoters uh, a sense of confidence when it comes to de- deciding where they want to hold the concert. But it's not like this was all by chance as well. I think policymakers, you know, have been planning and putting in much resources and time into turning Singapore into an entertainment hub. It's been happening for a few years now. And I think when they first decided that they wanted to hold the Grand Prix night race, uh, it was kind of an attempt to shift its image as like a boring place to a slightly livelier one.
1: You mentioned that the government is, is pumping money into the infrastructure around concert tourism. So what's the result of this investment?
0: I think most recently, the government took over the National Stadium and has been kind of positioning it as a good space for artists and singers to come and hold their concerts. They've also been building a lot of other venues that have been cropping up in recent years. One of them that I can think of is the Victoria Theatre and Concert Hall.
1: Okay, so foreign concert goers fill up to 40% of Singapore's concert venues. Where, Where are they coming from?
0: So a lot of them come from just other parts of the region. For example, Singapore is the only Southeast Asian stop in Taylor Swift's world tour. So I think that helped draw a lot of fans from places that are slightly further, like China. We are seeing a lot of fans from Indonesia and Vietnam as well. Um, For Coldplay, you know, they were set to perform for like four days, but they ended up adding an extra two nights and just... We saw a surge in bookings from, you know, China as well, Indonesia and Malaysia.
1: So Singapore is this hub for tourism, but just north is Malaysia. So why isn't somewhere like Malaysia a destination for concert goers?
0: I think in Malaysia, the rules and regulations around dress codes, um, just what you can do and cannot do on stage, are slightly different and stricter compared to Singapore. For example, you know, when Beyoncé visited uh, Malaysia for a concert, you know, there was some resistance from religious segments of society. And, you know, they brought up, like, moral concerns about her performance, about the way she dressed. And more recently, you know, when the 1975 was performing at the Good Vibes Festival in Malaysia, their performance was stopped halfway because they started criticising, you know, anti-LGBT laws. I do not see the point
1: of inviting in 975 to a country and then telling us who we can have sex
0: with. <laughs> I'm sorry if that offends you and your religious. And the lead singer kissed another bandmate on stage and, you know, it became a whole big kerfuffle and it was really messy for everyone.
1: All right, got to go. We just got banned from Kuala Lumpur, see you
0: other performers uh, in, in the festival for people who had paid for their tickets and were forced to go back home abruptly. And yeah, and since then, you know, the Malaysian government even ordered like a kill switch of sorts on concerts. So yeah, I think when organisers are trying to decide, you know, which country they should, you know, set their next concert date at, you know, these are some considerations that they would definitely take uh, before making that decision. I
1: want to hear about the 2024 lineup in Singapore. Who is everyone excited to see this year?
0: Yeah, so this year, Coldplay for sure, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran are some of the bigger names that we are seeing right now. I think also uh, boys like girls will be heading over to Singapore as well. So yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited here.
1: That sounds fun. Can you describe the ticketing frenzy that this has caused? I've heard of the Taylor Swift mania. So can you describe what you've seen?
0: So after Taylor announced that she would make, you know, Singapore her only Southeast Asia stop in her world tour tour, there was this whole big mad rush for tickets. Tickets for Taylor Swift's concert here in Singapore have sold out in eight hours. Our fans in Singapore were queuing for nearly two days at post offices island wide to watch her live in the online space. People online were plotting how to get their tickets. Some were signing up for new credit cards to enter priority sales. You know, others were paying random strangers online to help them buy tickets. Yeah, and we even saw a number of fans queuing up overnight and for days at post offices to buy their own tickets. So I think for a couple of weeks, the only thing that everyone could talk about was Taylor Swift for a bit. You know, and it was quite funny as well. You know, we have online marketplaces called Carousel where people resell stuff. So we saw a lot of people reselling, you know, tickets to a whole section of a concert hall for thousands of dollars. And you know, as you expect of the internet, there were memes and just jokes coming out of this as well.
1: How much are people actually willing to pay? How much are they paying?
0: I mean, besides paying all these random strangers to buy concert tickets or just extra tickets, you know, they are also even paying way more than the original price, which is about maybe $100 to $350. You know, they're paying double, triple the price, the original price for tickets. And for people who are travelling into Singapore to catch these concerts, you know, that's not the only thing they're gonna be paying for, right? They're paying for hotels which are at an all-time high in Singapore here. The average price for a five star hotel is about three hundred and forty four Sing dollars a night. And yeah, I think just in general, because of how much they're paying for air tickets, for hotels, some people are just, you know, girl mapping it through and saying like, hey, I might as well travel over to Singapore for multiple shows, right? Um, so some interviewees that I spoke to kind of said that they'll be sending aside money for both Taylor Swift and Coldplay, even though they're scheduled months apart.
1: Are there any greater ambitions for the growth of concert tourism?
0: I think the government's goal with concert tourism in general is to kind of change this image Singapore has had for a really long time of being like a boring place. So I think they're hoping that Taylor Swift and Coldplay can help make Singapore seem or appear more exciting for tourists. And hopefully, you know, people will come for these concerts, they'd stay a little longer for the food, they'd stay a bit longer for some of the tourist attractions and then they decide like hey I would like to come back here for just a vacation by itself and then eventually I think the goal is to turn Singapore into just an attractive tourist destination not just you know a spot to catch a concert and then fly back home
1: As a Singapore resident as a local are you going to any of these concerts?
0: I think I also got a little bit caught up in the whole Taylor Swift frenzy myself I wouldn't describe myself as a like a hardcore Swiftie, but you know because everyone was talking about it and it was like it felt like everyone around me was going, I felt that sense of like oh my god am I missing out? So then you know I decided like hey maybe I should just give it a shot. And me and a couple of friends we set aside some time that entire week people were rushing for concerts. You know we set aside some time ourselves to. Try and get our own tickets luckily for us we did manage to get some so i'll be going to taylor swift in march so yeah i'm pretty excited for that
1: yeah congrats <laughs> on securing those tickets <laughs> <laughs> um of course every city in asia would love to generate tourism generate this hype around concerts but what are some of the barriers to building that infrastructure in places like hong kong and places like mainland china
0: I guess, for one, it might be slightly harder to build the infrastructure in Hong Kong because of spatial restraints. In Singapore, we have like a national stadium that can hold up to 55,000 people and maybe other countries elsewhere might not have that kind of space. Hong Kong is also investing a lot in a campaign around tourism and trying to diversify the types of tourists coming in. I guess right now, a lot of them are made up of mainland Chinese people, so garnering that kind of interest from fans from elsewhere might be another barrier at the moment.
1: Hong Kong's tourism minister recently pledged to attract more international stars like Beyoncé after being skipped over by Taylor Swift and Coldplay that might be possible considering the city's plans to open the new 50,000 capacity stadium on the old Kai Tech Airport site by the end of 2024. Will it work out? Analysts say there could be complications with transport and other infrastructure needed to ensure the massive project fits into the cityscape. But clearly the city is willing to take the risk to carve out its own spot on the concert tourism circuit. I'm Brian Wood. Thanks for joining me.